Hey, history enthusiasts, you get not one, but two events in history today. On with the show. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was May 14, 1948. In Tel Aviv, David Ben-Gurion, the chairman of the Jewish Agency, proclaimed the establishment of the State of Israel. From the early 16th century to 1917, the Ottomans ruled the Palestine region. But in 1917, British Foreign Secretary Arthur James Balfour issued a statement of British support for the establishment of a national home in Palestine for Jewish people. That statement became known as the Balfour Declaration. The British government had hoped that it would get Jewish opinion on the side of the Allies during World War I. It was also a play to protect the Suez Canal in Egypt and ensure a good communication channel to British possessions in India. When the First World War ended in 1918, Britain seized control of the Palestine region, or modern-day Israel, Palestine, and Jordan. Even though Arab states protested the Balfour Declaration, Concerned it would subject Arab Palestinians to persecution, it was included in the British Mandate for Palestine. The League of Nations, an international organization founded in 1920 to resolve international disputes, formally authorized the mandate on July 24, 1922. The mandate went into effect in 1923, and British rule continued through the next two decades. As Zionism, a movement for the re-establishment of a Jewish homeland in Palestine, emerged, thousands of Jewish people relocated to the region in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. And after World War II broke out in 1939, Jewish people fled persecution and immigrated to Palestine, taking up the cause of Zionism. Tensions between Arabs and Jewish people in Palestine intensified. Britain, which in 1939 had recommended an end to Jewish immigration by 1944, faced opposition from Zionists. The U.S. supported the Balfour Declaration and the Zionist cause of the re-establishment of a Jewish nation in Palestine. But in 1945, at the end of World War II, President Franklin D. Roosevelt promised not to intervene without consulting Jewish people and Arabs. The British were against the creation of a Jewish state and an Arab state in Palestine, and they opposed the unlimited immigration of Jewish refugees to the area. Britain was concerned with maintaining good standing with the Arabs to ensure its political and economic interests were not disturbed. After U.S. President Harry Truman took office, he announced his support for the creation of a Jewish state. And in November 1947, the United Nations voted to partition Palestine into a Jewish and Arab state. Resolution 181, or the Partition Resolution, called for the creation of the states when Britain's Palestinian mandate was scheduled to end in May 1948. Under the resolution, the area surrounding Jerusalem would be a corpus separatum, or region granted a special legal and political status, but is not sovereign under international control administered by the UN. Jewish people would get more than half of Palestine, even though they made up less than half of the region's population. Jewish leaders accepted the plan, but Arabs rejected it. Palestinian Arabs argued that they should be given more territory and began forming volunteer armies. 
Despite the objection, Britain withdrew from Palestine in May 1948, and Israel became an independent state on the 14th of the month. The next day, the Arab nations of Egypt, Syria, Lebanon, Transjordan, which is now Jordan, and Iraq invaded the region. The Arab-Israeli war broke out and lasted until March of 1949, when a ceasefire agreement was reached. Many conflicts have ensued between Jewish people and Arabs over the decades since the creation of Israel, including the Suez Crisis, Six-Day War, Yom Kippur War, and the Lebanon War. Key areas like the West Bank, Golan Heights, the Gaza Strip, and Jerusalem have been centers of dispute. In 1964, the Palestine Liberation Organization was formed to unite Palestinian groups and create a liberated Palestine. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict persists, though there have been peace treaties between Israel and both Egypt and Jordan. Israel does not recognize Palestine as a state, though more than 100 UN member nations do. A two-state solution, or the establishment of Israel for Jewish people and Palestine for Palestinian people, has been proposed, but such a framework has proved challenging to achieve. In the struggle with reaching a two-state solution, a one-state solution emerged, where Israel, the West Bank, and the Gaza Strip would be merged into one democratic country. In another version of the one-state solution, Israel annexes the West Bank but not the Gaza Strip and remains a Jewish state with a larger Arab minority. Over the years, people have attempted to work on peaceful solutions that would end the years-long conflict. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you haven't gotten your fill of history after listening to today's episode, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. Tune in tomorrow for another day in history. Hello, everyone. I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a podcast where the past becomes the present every single day. I hope you all are still doing well. I'm doing well, still recording from the closet. I hope that you all have been able to find things that make your day a little bit brighter every single day. I, for one, have been able to get a lot of fresh air, a lot of sunlight, and I must admit, one or two or three horror movies, which is my particular brand of craving right now. (laughs) And even when I'm not in the middle of a pandemic, I love horror movies. With that said, today's episode has nothing to do with horror movies, but it is about witchcraft. So let's get into the show. The day was May 14th, 1878. The last witchcraft trial in the United States began in Salem, Massachusetts, the site of the infamous 17th century witch trials. The Salem Witchcraft Trial of 1878, also known as the Ipswich Witchcraft Trial, had its roots in the Christian science community in Massachusetts. Christian science is a religious denomination founded by Mary Baker Eddy in the 19th century. In her 1875 book, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, Eddie argued that sickness was all in the mind and that it could be cured through prayer. She also expounded on the concept of animal magnetism, writing the following. 
Animal magnetism or hypnotism is the specific term for error or mortal mind. It is the false belief that mind is in matter and is both evil and good, that evil is as real as good and more powerful. This belief has not one quality of truth. It is either ignorant or malicious. The malicious form of hypnotism ultimates in moral idiocy. Daniel Spofford was one of Eddie's early students. Spofford opened up a practice in metaphysical healing in 1875 and began calling himself Dr. Spofford. He even introduced Mary to her future husband, Asa Gilbert Eddy. Mary and Asa got married in 1877, but Mary and Spofford eventually had a falling out. She expelled him from the Christian Scientists Association for alleged immorality. She even filed a suit against him for violating his contractual obligations, though the case was dismissed. Mary was litigious, and she sued some of her other students for unpaid tuition. Then there was Lucretia Brown, a woman who lived in Ipswich, Massachusetts, a town about 13 miles or 21 kilometers away from Salem. She had a spinal injury that Dorcas Rawson supposedly healed through Christian science. But Brown had a supposed relapse when she was under Rawson's spiritual treatment, so Rawson went to Eddie for help. Eddie blamed Brown's condition on Spofford, who had recently visited Brown. Eddie claimed that Spofford was using mesmerism to harm Brown. She got 12 students from the Christian Scientists Association to take two hours each to focus their mental energy on keeping Spofford from practicing his mesmeric powers over his students and patients. Some scholars have suggested that Eddie may have been more invested in bringing a suit than Brown was. It's been alleged that she drew up the complaint against Spofford herself and petitioned the court to keep him from using his mesmerism against her. The suit was heard in the Supreme Judicial Court in Salem on May 14, 1878. She and around 20 other witnesses showed up to testify against Spofford. The judge was Horace Gray. The bill of complaint said the following in part. Daniel H. Spofford has at diverse times and places since the year 1875 wrongfully and maliciously and with intent to injure the plaintiff caused the plaintiff by means of his said power and art great suffering of body and mind and severe spinal pains and neuralgia and a temporary suspension of mind and still continues to cause the plaintiff the same. The judge called for a hearing of the case on May 17th, and Spofford was ordered to appear then. The case garnered attention from the press. A crowd gathered at the courthouse that day, but Spofford did not appear. His attorney filed a demurrer, and the judge sustained it, saying that the case wasn't in the court's jurisdiction and that it had no power to control Spofford's mind. The judge dismissed the case. The ruling was appealed, but the appeal was waived. Eddie drew a lot of criticism for the case. Her scandals continued to garner attention, and she continued to blame illnesses on the influence of malicious animal magnetism. Still, the Church of Christ Scientist was founded in 1879, and the religion gained more followers. The 1878 trial is now considered the last witchcraft trial in the U.S. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any suggestions or questions or comments or just want to send a nice note, you can do so to our email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. You can also hit us up on social media. We're at T-D-I-H-C podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the show and we'll see you tomorrow. 
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.